Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is an interesting sort of, of contrast, of conflict, really, that is in our minds and our perception of the world. You find it realized most often in, in the Hollywood movies. And, of course, the battle of David and Goliath, well, that's a tale for the ages. But we have in David and Goliath that very conflict of the things that we like. You see, action movies are really quite popular, and honestly, on a Friday night after the kids go to bed, I kind of enjoy a little Arnold Schwarzenegger myself. But you know, the reason we like these guys is that they're big. They're strong. They are undefeatable. They go out and they clean up the city. They clean up the town. All the odds are stacked against them. But with a flick of their wrist, the bad guy falls, and they do the slow walk as the explosion goes off behind them. We love a champion. But on the other hand, we love an underdog, too. The, the person who is so unassuming, so meek. There's no way that this poor little fellow could ever succeed. And somehow, with the confluence of Hollywood magic and writers, he ends up going against the man, against the guy who's in charge of everything, who has all the stuff going for him. And the underdog, well, we find that he's wily. He's stronger than we expected. By the end of the movie, the big strong guy's on the floor, and the underdog is walking away with the girl. We love it. So what do we make of David and Goliath? The champion and the underdog, a tale for the ages. We think of it as good and evil. But in fact, then, we've missed the point. And the point of David and Goliath, well, that's revealed, thanks to Vicar Dobler's insight, with our reading from the Gospel today. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Well, how is it that we've come then to this strong man? And who is that? Well, in these stories, we often like to put ourselves in them. We have in this encounter with Jesus and the Pharisees also the crowd and, of course, the demon-oppressed man. Now, what happens is that this man is brought to Jesus, blind and mute, brought to our Lord, and our Lord heals him. The man speaks, he can see, and the crowds, the people are amazed. But they ask themselves, can this be the son of David? Now, by that, they mean the Messiah, the Christ. 
for he is to come from the house and the line of David. Now, reading this in the English, we think, oh, I'm one of the people in the crowd, right? Because the Pharisees there are saying, oh, no, 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 no. It's only by Satan's power, by Beelzebul, that this guy, this imposter, this faker, is casting out these demons. Well, we wouldn't want to be counted among ourselves there with the, the Pharisees, the unbelievers. Oh, let's settle on the crowd. Well, as, as challenging as it is in your seminary training, you have to endure the original languages. And you start to learn how these languages function. The interesting thing is when we read the way that St. Matthew has constructed this question that the crowd asks, can this be the son of David? He has written it in a way that this question is expecting a no. No, this, this couldn't be the son of David. Nah. Well, we probably don't want to affiliate ourselves with the crowd then either. Yes, they're a, they're a bit better than the Pharisee who claim that our Lord is in league with Satan. But not by much. The crowd still is not convinced. No matter the works that our Lord is doing to testify that he is the one who is to come. Now our Lord, knowing their hearts, knowing their thoughts, he says, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. Internal fighting will rip it apart. It is a truth that we have seen in the world's history over and over again. A truth that we've seen in our own families. And indeed, sometimes, a truth we see in our own hearts, that battle between the old Adam and the new. And it tears us apart. So our Lord says, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? How will his reign continue and his reign endure? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? For there were the faithful remnant amongst the Hebrews who were out in healing, casting out these demons. Were they doing it by Beelzebul as well? The implication is no, of course not, for these were known and approved by the, by the Pharisee, good and noble men. So why would they dare accuse Jesus doing the same thing of being in league with the devil? And so he says, they will be your judges. They see the hypocrisy, the unbelief that is in your hearts. Of course, the crowd struggles with it too. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, says our Lord, and the kingdom of God has come upon you. The reign of God, 
that is coming with Christ in the world, piercing that darkness to bring his light, his healing, his spirit. Well, God's kingdom is there. And on those who turn from God, on those who reject the work of the Spirit, of his call to faith, the judgment of the kingdom comes. And this takes us then back to this parable. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods? How is it that you can come into the champion's arena and be victorious and plunder the camp and take all that is there unless this strong man is overcome? Well, I asked you where we were in this story. Certainly not with the Pharisees, God forbid. Hopefully not with the crowds, though the old Adam finds himself there. In truth, we find ourselves in this demon-oppressed man. Blind and mute was he physically. But apart from the gospel, we are blind and mute as well. For it is not by our own reason or strength that we can come to our Lord Jesus Christ or believe in him. But it is by the gospel. The Holy Spirit who calls us by the gospel enlightens us and sanctifies us with his gifts. The Holy Spirit that heals us from our unbelief and from our sin. We, brothers and sisters, are the goods that were in this strong man's house. In the Garden of Eden, we, all mankind, were cast into the devil's kingdom, shackled with sin, infected, blinded, made mute. And we could not free ourselves. Standing over us is sin. And it terrifies us. Terrifies us like the nine-foot-tall Goliath who stood on the plains and every grown man and warrior of Israel trembled. But there was one, this underdog David, who did not fear Goliath, not because he would be given great armor as the king had given him, no, David was weighed down by that and cast it aside. Not because David thought himself so strong, so wily, like the underdog in Hollywood. No, simply because David knew that there was a stronger man yet still who would prevail. For the battle was the Lord's. And he would deliver this Philistine into his hand. 
not with a sword, but with the pebble from a stream, with the sling of the shepherd who goes forth to face any danger to rescue the sheep who are lost. And then it is by Goliath's own sword that he is fully and finally undone. For sin is destroyed by its own fruit. That was Luther's observation. And how true it is as we come to the cross, as we make our journey there to Golgotha, and we see that sin casts our Lord upon that tree, that sin pierces his hands and his feet, that sin pierces his side, and that the sun darkens, the curtain rips, and it looks that sin has won the day. With the cruelty, the bloody torture that man inflicts upon the very heart of God. But it was sin's own undoing. By making the payment for us to satisfy divine justice, sin is undone by the penalty that sin sought in the death of Jesus, who for all appearances was the underdog. Meek and timid, without complaint, was he led to that cross. And yet on the third day, he shows himself to be the stronger man who binds Satan and frees the prisoner, plundering the house and bringing forth a people of his own possession, binding that strong man and freeing us from sin he has brought us out of that darkness, not by sword or shield or violence, but by weakness. The weakness of God is stronger than anything in all creation. And just as David knew that the battle was the Lord's and trusted that he would be delivered, so too may we trust in the Lord and know that we are delivered. For as our Lord says in the Gospel of St. John in the 12th chapter, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. 
Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Binding the strong man and plundering his goods. The people of God. And thanks be to the stronger man, our Lord Christ Jesus, that he has redeemed us and set us free, healed us from our blindness, our muteness, that we may sing with all the saints in glory and look to that hill from whence our help comes. Amen.